You've reached Dr. Elliot Kupferberg. Please leave a message at the sound of the beep. If this is an emergency, you can reach me at 973-555-7089. Well, guess who's no longer a patient of mine? Calling all cars. Calling all cars, indeed. Wow, a titular line for the episode. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen all of the episodes of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 50 episodes of The Sopranos. Congratulations to me and to you if you're watching along, dear listener, for the first time or the hundredth. We don't care, as long as you're with us on this journey. Thank you for coming along. And, I mean, this feels even more important than halfway. But, Jim, this episode, the 50th one, I'm sure someone filmed it and did cut cut it and like put it together and put the words down. Who did that? Well, it's funny you should ask because it's quite a long list of the same names a couple times. But this episode was written by David Chase, Robin Green, Mitchell Burgess, and David Fleeboat from a story by David Chase, Mitchell Green. I mean, Robin Green, Mitchell Burgess, and Terrence Winter. Directed by Tim Van Patten and it aired November twenty fourth, two thousand and two. Although mm. David Fleeboat's the only name I don't know. And he doesn't even have a wiki page. Oh, wow. What a chump. <laughs> hey, where's our wiki again? I always forget. What do I have to type in? Is it a special URL that's secret? Uh, who knows? Uh, so, yes, this episode, uh, we get a trip to Miami. We get all sorts of little things. I will say it's very um, introspective after some, some big action. There's, like, multiple dream sequences. And I am a bit like Tony in the first therapy there where he's like, what, we're going to do fucking dream interpretation? Just tell me what it means. <laughs> but let's do some dream interpretation anyway. Yes, yeah. And uh, I guess this is one. It's not the shortest episode of The Sopranos, but I guess it's one of the shorter ones uh, from yeah. what I was reading. Um, yeah. And, yeah, definitely you could feel that they're like, all right, let's 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 hit the brakes a little bit. Uh, you know, after we kind of amped things up the previous two episodes. And yeah, mm-hmm. we start with a, with a dream. At least it's nice that it's an obvious dream, although Sopranos th- doesn't really try to do that thing where they hide it, and then it's like, oh my God, yeah. it was a dream all along. Because like yeah. immediately they're in a car, and you know, it's like clearly screens for the the winding road they're driving down, and then we got... Joey Pants or Ralph Cifaretto in the passenger seat. He's got a caterpillar on his head, which becomes a butterfly. And <laughs> then we yeah. got, uh, what's her face? Gloria. Olivia. Uh, well, Gloria. Yeah, we got Gloria sitting in the back seat with Tony. We got Carmela driving. And yes, this all ties mm. in with Melfi and Tony in the next scene as they're analyzing this dream scene. Yeah, Svetlana pops in as well. But I yeah. really feel like if we're analyzing this, that part's really just like, Hey, you're turned on by me. Now I'm in your dream. <laughs> Tony's there like, what? What's going on? Does maybe, oh yeah, maybe I was imagining it. Does uh, Carmela start out with long hair and then get short hair? Because she's also transforming much like a caterpillar. Into oh, I didn't uh, I didn't catch that, but that seems that seems about right to me. Actually, I didn't go back and check. It was just when she had uh. short hair. I was like, I bet she had long hair before. <laughs> I'm going to check it right now real quick. Well, and also, I mean, Svetlana, yes, he does pop up because it's like his latest fling, but also Gloria was once his fling. So mm. uh, they are transforming much like a caterpillar to a butterfly. And I guess like uh, Ralph transformed from having a wig to not having a wig or being alive and now being dead. Yep, exactly. And he's got worms crawling all up in him now down in the dirt, you know, fertilizing that soil in that farm that... 
you know, if th- that was a farm, they do dig up the ground there. Like, that's like their job. So uh, great planning. Yeah. But I guess the it's the guy who's on the inside, so he'll just be like, oh, it's another head. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't dig here. Mm, don't dig too deep. Uh, so, yes, we get some therapy on that. She did indeed have long hair at first and then short hair. Wow, Check. nice catch. I missed that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, he's describing the dream. And, I mean, he's palpably like annoyed by the whole thing this is basically the big movement of the episode i feel uh, building up to him going like no i'm not just saying fuck you i'm saying like i don't want to do this i've been doing this for four years which makes me go what year is it in this show the super bowl etc it yeah. doesn't matter but i can't stop uh i'm also thinking about that as far as karen that was her name right like when did she pass away how long has it been i have no idea um but anyway yes he's sick of therapy and dreams yeah, and he's what the sad clown uh, is kind of what they're talking about, or he's describing himself that way. And yes, as they're driving, they're going nowhere, uh, much like he's thinking this therapy is. And it is funny because even like when she says, um, she says to Tony, like you know, uh, Freud says dreams are wishes or wishing or something like that. And he's like, I thought you said Freud said dreams are repressed urges. And it's like, okay, so now it's everything. It's like, well, Freud said a lot of things, so <laughs> we can fit them <laughs> into. Uh, they don't always quite match up. So in a way, I get the frustration of like, all right, so but w- w- what are we doing here? Uh, but I do like Melfi kind of breaks down at least a lot of the victories they've had as far as. Mm. You know, we don't I guess we haven't seen him have an actual attack since the Uncle Ben incident after Noah um, in season three. Um, But clearly, I mean, Tony's still dealing with stuff, but it makes sense for a guy like this who never wanted therapy in the first place to finally get to a point and be like, this is bullshit. Yeah, though, I'll say, I mean, repressed urges and wishes they're kind of synonyms like they're wishing yeah. they're repressed wishes like so it's like what you're telling <laughs> me something totally different here yeah that's uh, true. he just he is kind of looking for things to be annoyed about and there's just sitting there in silence at the start until like uh, yeah he, she gets some stuff torn out of him like uh got this dream whatever um but yeah i think um i think it all kind of wraps up he, oh yeah he's talking about the like noah's ark and the skunk behind the car and, like <laughs> the boat or whatever we yeah. can't forget that that's true and well it's great because he is making a joke and then she starts being like so you think women are skunks and he's like ah come on <laughs> fucking say the <laughs> joke <laughs> yeah exactly so he of course uh oh yeah he also has another great joke about a blowjob but let's not get into it um at the next scene starting out we do have bobby good old bobby uh picking up his kid uh, have we seen the daughter? Yes, she's run by sometime. I just remember his son. Oh, yes, yeah, Sophia. I, I, I believe mm. we've, yeah, we've kind of seen them a little bit. This is probably the most we see of uh, Bobby's kids in this episode. And he's yeah, picking her up at, like, sure. softball or something, and she noticed that there's a cake in the back seat. Um, and then My as first we- thought is, like, oh, please don't let this be for Janice, but yeah. then the reality is even worse. Yeah, he's burying it at her grave. And it's such a... Um, like it's something I never thought about, but I'm like, oh yeah, I guess like people would kind of do stuff like that, huh? And I mean, mm-hmm. and obviously it's still fairly fresh. I mean, again, this show it's they always kind of play fast and loose with the timeline. I don't know how long it's been. Yeah, uh, for a couple episodes for us. Um, and again, like it kind of we're harking back to when this first happened, and Janice was kind of his uh, 
push to kind of move past mourning. Like we're kind of recycling that uh, uh, again here. I mean, I guess because he didn't make that final step of eating the ZD and really letting go, uh, mm-hmm. as we kind of are going to get to in this episode. Yeah, uh, it's a very obvious visual thing they do. We're having the tombstone just have Karen and then a huge empty space next to it where he's going to put himself later. Um, but yeah, that's, I feel like, why they had to put that scene in there as well. Some good work on that. Getting into some mob shit now. Uh, Tony does go have a meeting with Carmine and Johnny Sachs. Yep. And uh, not, none of them are really happy. I do like this scene, especially for the ending of them like making a demand, then looking at each other like, yeah, that's kind of what we thought would happen. Yeah. But we got to do it this way. Yeah, it's always posturing. Um, and yeah, basically the argument again, we're getting back to what the real estate with Zellman. And now they're saying since Zellman's involved in the, what was the thing they had? The uh, I, I can't think of the, the word they had for it. Ah, I'm spacing. But their big thing with the shipping and all that, whatever they're doing... The yeah. oh the waterfront uh, yes yeah yeah but there's the esplanade a, esplanade that's what I was looking for I couldn't find the yeah. word uh, but yes yeah, so with the esplanade since he's with that they're like oh we share Zelman so now they want a piece of this and what they they want what fifty percent or forty percent uh, yeah, Tony 40. Tony Tony well I guess he storms out I don't know if we're gonna count this as a storm out we're gonna have a discussion on that later I imagine uh, mm. but he I he does throw in the little like. When they're like, "Where's Where's your guy, Ralphie, on this?" and he's like, "Wow, why don't you tell me?" So again, yeah. still kind of planting those seeds, like, "Yeah, you killed my friend that I killed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and which makes it even more feel like posturing because you know they're doing their side of like, "We're gonna demand this." He's not gonna agree, and then he's like, "I'm gonna accuse them of murdering my friend who I murdered." So it's like a lot of a lot of fronting. Well, um, I, well and actually, real quick, because bring that up. Um, that's kind of tying in with Tony and Melfi because he says he brings up one of the things he's frustrated about is like, and unless I'm jumping ahead, because I know there are a few Melfi scenes mm. here where he says like, and it's supposed to be helping me with my work and it's not or whatever, because he's kind of blaming therapy that he blew up and killed Ralph. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. yep. So there is, I guess there's some regret there. I guess that ties in with the dream as well, because like. I mean, even though it's, I don't think I've ever really thought of Tony as regretting cheating on Carm, but maybe there are moments where he does because he is still a human person. So, I mean, like Mm. Svetlana and Gloria represent that. And of course, obviously, Ralphie's in the car. These are all regrets he has. And therapy was supposed to fix this. Why is he still uh, acting like a big jerk and freaking out over things? Yeah, he expresses that, hey, th- this was good at first. Gave me some leadership strategies <laughs> or whatever. But yeah. then, you know, went off a cliff. Ugh. And he does, funnily enough, take this as like, well, I murdered my friend. Well, friend. I murdered my associate in a blinding rage. My I better earner. stop going to therapy. That's going to help. Um, speaking of people who need therapy, Bobby uh, is, you know, he leaves dinner from this uh, steak place, uh, lies down in bed, doesn't want to do anything. He just, um, you know, just want to lie down there. And funnily enough, a couple of times in this episode, uh, you actually get to agree with Janice, which is weird, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, again, because I think they, they were doing that in the other episode, too, where, like, overall, she's right but she's still Janice about it. And that's kind of where the little kinks get thrown in. But she's 
the, the there's a greater good to what she's doing. And yeah, they have stakes from the outback. Like they keep mentioning, like Janice mentions the outback. She mentions the sides or even just the sides alone were $30, which yeah, I guess wouldn't. Cause at first I'm like, Oh, is this product placement? But then it's almost a put down that oh, only <laughs> the sides alone were $30. Jeez. Uh, but that's fancy, Jim. That's, that's food for fancy folk. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, but I do love her Janice thing. The perfect, like, you know, some people would say, suck it up, move on. But, you know, I'm not going to say that. But, I mean, obviously she's saying that without saying that. It's such a great yeah. little Janice thing to throw in there. Yeah, it's very easy to give facile advice yeah. like, fuck you, Bobby. <laughs> um, and then what's the last thing she says there? Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just yeah. the ending. Yeah. Um, because in a way, that's her, like, setting a game plan. Like, so I'm not going to say that. But how can I get you to move on without saying that? Um so and we have another. Oh, I was just oh. gonna say because either way, the like it still puts it in his head. It's rather mm-hmm. than saying it and being the villain, oh, yeah. you're saying it and putting it in his head. But yeah, absolutely. So we have another uh, business meeting, a phoner this time, where Carmine's eating with Johnny Sachs. Tony calls him up, makes him a, an offer. Let's not get let this get out of hand. You know, forty percent. That's not gonna happen. Five and a half, because I'm a good guy, you know. And they're like, yeah, they. I think they just hang up. Not acceptable, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And then they they decide to uh, who's who's Tony's guy, Vic. Oh, Vic the appraiser. And uh, even the uh, the Soprano sessions book points out like one of the one of the clumsiest uh, mof- mafia nicknames ever you could ever heard it's just Vic the appraiser and basically set some things in motion for him yeah I mean appraiser on the subtitles is capitalized so yes it's his name uh, It's but it's like you'd call him Vic the appraiser and he appraises your teeth and takes them out and like no he's, he's literally Vic the appraiser and something I've learned from this episode is you don't want to be too valuable to mob people because they're going to start fighting over you and it's not going to be nice you're not going to get it from either side in a good way really well it's also another interesting version of like how just regular people are the ones that kind of get fucked out of their beefs. Like it's not some, they're not doing the classic mafia war where it's like, you took out my guy and my crew. I'm going to take out your guy and your crew. It's like, no, we're going to go beat up this guy who is a little dirty if he's dealing with Tony, but overall he seems like he just is an appraiser. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when you're in a Cold War, you do satellite <laughs> warfare, because no one really cares what happens to this Vic the Appraiser country, you know, so we can all go and kill people there, and then we, we can all be safe at home in our beds. Is that a metaphor that's apt? <laughs> I'm think, not sure. I think it works perfect. Thanks. So, uh, yes, we have uh, Bobby's kids uh, say she, Sof- Sophie, or whatever. Yeah, she wakes Sophia. Up. Sophia wakes up and they they have a chat there about ghosts so there definitely aren't ghosts uh they speculate what happened to the cake and talk about sometimes when I'm walking down the hallway I can smell her hair so yeah there's still there's still something and and he says the great line maybe if we did something bad she'd haunt us for our own good yeah and uh and then it and like because he's you know, I assume he's the older brother. I mean, it's hard to say because yeah. he's kind of he does so. he is comforting her, comforting her, and saying like, "Oh, you don't have to worry about it." But then it ends with him kind of scared, and it's mm. uh, it's very reminiscent of the scene of AJ alone in the house after he's reading his death poem, uh, and like Livia Soprano's just died or whatever, uh, where it's like he has that moment where he thinks there's a ghost. Um, right. So I mean, it's like because I mean, obviously with this show, like death 
death permeates everything. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that we, we do tend to contemplate more on these like regular world deaths more than like when we get to see someone like head chopped off, which I guess, yeah. cause assuming because everyone's just like, Oh, he disappeared. And you can't really talk about like, Oh, he died. Isn't that weird that a friend of ours died? You have to talk isn't about it. Weird that, <laughs> isn't it weird that so many people are in the witness protection program and they never do any witnessing. Yeah. Like there are trials going on against junior, for example, maybe they'd bring a witness out. <laughs> nah, yeah, but yeah, so I, I like this scene because it, you know, it adds another dimension and, and it does play a little bit to, I mean, Janice's overall point ends up being that Bobby's behavior is kind of toxic to the kids, but yeah. also, I mean, they are kids that lost their mom, so it, you know, yeah. they're going through some shit. Very true. So uh, we have Polly and Johnny Sack, Sacks. Um, they're being, uh, unsubtle at each other, uh, for a whole scene here, walking along. Johnny Sachs going, oh, God forbid if something happened to Tony. And, you know, we're just good friends, and that's why we chat. Ha, cheaper than a bartender. Paulie's like, yeah, you know, God forbid if I became the boss of New Jersey, uh, you know, God forbid, I'd I'd make sure we never fought and everything would be great, but, you know, we don't want that. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like when I mean, not that I've rewatched this back half of season four a lot. I think I only watched like when it originally aired, but earlier in the season, <clears throat> when Paulie's like, "Hey, John, these are this stuff stays between between us, right?" Like I mm-hmm. bought that as Paulie just being a stupid Paulie, but this scene clearly makes it out to be like, yeah, he's doing the mafia thing, like when Carmine called Tony and is like. Yeah, we got to do something. Maybe someone's going to do something about Johnny. And then Tony's like, do you think, are you saying what I think you're saying? And he's just like, eh, who knows? And just hangs up like classic mafia. I'm saying it, but I'm not saying it. And I guess I kind yeah. of I kind of uh, underestimated Paulie because I didn't realize that he does kind of understand what he's doing. Yeah, at least, I mean, when someone's being very unsubtle at him, he finally yeah. gets it. Uh, because, yeah, I, I also read it that earlier scene that way. But it's, like, so clear here, I suppose. And he isn't saying, at least, like, hey, we need you to shoot Tony in the back of the head. Like, he's, like, uh, he's just clarifying, yeah, you know, if stuff were to go on, we're not going to forget that you're a guy who we like. Like, you're you're going to be safe even if things get tense or whatever. And he's, like, yeah, and thanks, basically. And, well, it's just funny, too, to think that even if um, if something did happen, imagine, like, anyone ever thinking they should make Polly the boss, like... If yeah. there's anyone that shouldn't be the boss, it's definitely Polly. He should not <laughs> like he, he would have yeah, no, he'd it. be a he'd he'd be a great, you know, stooge or, <laughs> or like he'd he'd be a patsy. He'd he'd be run by New York and yeah. he'd think it was great. That's but he'd true. have New York behind him. So that, Yeah, that's actually uh, that's that's perfect. Uh yeah. then we have what, Tony showing up at Juniors and the the nurse is there that I guess I works for Svetlana because Tony's doing the unsubtle like you know, hey, uh, how's your employer doing? Um, and then she's just being all business, r- rushing all business. And then what yeah. Junior comes in and did you offer my nephew something to drink? Or it's like, hey, so I great. am, uh, I am nurse, not maid. And it's like, well, did you offer him an aspirin? <laughs> so great. So great. And he just walks off and sits down on the couch. Now, I was saying, this couch you usually see from a, like, a different perspective. So it's nice to see them actually walk from the kitchen, go in there. I'm like, oh, that's how it all connects. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, Tony notices the shaving cream there all over his face. Ah, it's just the lighting. It's just the lighting up there. Oh, that bathroom lighting. But yeah, the the cracks with Junior are starting to show that maybe... And and it's so interesting how they do this where this is like the, the second or third time where Junior has to. Junior pretends to be sick, but then he like makes himself sick in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. yeah, you know he's he's still there. Like he's still. Tony goes to him for advice, and I I like their relationship. And most of the time, you still catch it there. But there's these cracks showing, and it feels like uh, poor Junior is losing his marbles. I guess. Yeah. Once in a while, I do think about the fact that he tried to have Tony killed. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like. Uh, like his mom's dead now so like everything is like all of that is kind of gone in a weird way like i mean even like i remember season one like re-listen to season one and i'm like junior's gotta die she's gotta die this has gotta happen i did not like because he was going off to jail and the mom was going off to some crazy place i did not imagine them being as much part of the show as they were in the first season yeah Uh, but like you i'm glad that he's around and i like the way their relationship has gone but i also like whenever there's a hint like carmilla going like that motherfucker because she's like do you not remember Uh, yeah, because I was actually thinking the same thing when it shows them sitting together. It's like, oh yeah, wow, these like the these are the big adversaries of season one, and it just felt like you wouldn't have expected this is where it would end up. Where you know we've seen especially this season multiple times where he's going to Junior for advice, uh, mm-hmm. and they have this like little sit down where they get their 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 places on the couch and they kind of stare straight ahead and start talking around business and kind of what the next step should be. Yes. Um, so then we have Janice hanging out in the Sopranos kitchen, uh, talking to Carmela about Bobby. Uh, and uh, like, yeah, Carmela's like, what's going on there? And she's like, nothing. Uh, because uh, and then she lays out the whole situation, even spills the beans on the buried cake, um, which I think is partly because she wants to hear someone else say that it's fucking bananas. But also she says, you know, God forbid I should say something. I would be perceived as a harpy trying to do awful things. I almost feel like she's like nudging Carmilla to like help, help me. Yeah, say something or maybe mention something to Tony or let's let's kind of get word out. Maybe someone else will say something and uh, potentially be the villain, depending on how Bobby reacts to someone kind of calling him on it. Either way, this uh, the the main thing I feel is them setting up the dinner for later, where uh, they're telling AJ or Carmilla's telling AJ, ah, oh, you can go without being with Devin for one night. And I'm like, you go, AJ, you go. Uh, good job, son. I feel proud of you. He's acting such like such a cocky little kid here because, oh, you know why. We know why. Yeah. Well, and um, he does that thing. It, it, it felt like such a meadow thing, but I guess it's just what a what a teenage, teenage kid does where he's yeah. like, we're going to study, but I guess you don't care about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then they go beat up the appraiser in a comical <laughs> scene. This is the first of the appraiser beatdowns. Uh, uh, Vic the appraiser. They uh, throw around his... Uh, wa- <laughs> not a Walkman. What do you yeah. even call them? I forget. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I, I assume... It's, is it some sort of appraising thing? Or is he listening to music? He's <laughs> listening to a portable CD player, as far okay. as I can tell. Yeah, like a disc man. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I didn't get. They throw throw it up in the gutters, uh, and they tell him to show up and start appraising, um, which you know is all 
provocate towards Tony. So the next scene is with Tony saying, you know what? I'm actually not going to go fucking ballistic. Because as is pointed out by Polly, no less. Uh, hey, this is an insult directly to you. Like fucking he's thrown fuel on the flame of this whole conflict all of a sudden. Hmm, weird. Yeah, yeah. And then um, so like, is he just is he really just playing both sides and just hoping he'll end up with whoever wins? Or is he just playing it up to make it seem like, oh, of course, I'm not the one on it. I'm the one saying, let's go get his guys. Or maybe a little both. Yeah, I feel a bit of both. Uh, and also, like, at this point, I don't think he wants the conflict to end because he he becomes more valuable to whoever, kind of, really. But then when he kind of sticks around there, obviously, uh, both Silvio and Tony clam up, like is noted later. Yeah. Um, because they discuss uh, getting to Carmine's son, who has not been in the show before, but he's uh, described as a capo. In the uh, Wikipedia, at least. So yeah. that's what I assumed he is. Because first I was like, oh, his son down in Florida. I'm like, okay, like, it's how do I know he's in on it? But then it's family, you know, they're all in on it. Yeah, yeah. And well, and I love that Tony's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to go ballistic. We're going to look at this like a, a level headed situation. And then when the other guy comes up and is beeping, he's like, Thomas, stop beeping that horn. I'll shove it up his fucking ass. So, so, like, he still has that anger. Like, he thinks he's handling it, but he's just lashing out at something else. Like, Thomas, stop beeping that horn. I'll shove it up his fucking ass. It's like classic <laughs> Tony. Uh, he hasn't changed, yeah. even though he thinks like that. I mean, I guess it ties into why he thinks he doesn't need therapy anymore. Like, no, I'm handling things fine now. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and uh, we, we get a mention of Beansy as well. Beansy's yes. going to feel him out. And I'm like, oh, Beansy moving up in the world. You know, not literally, but uh, he's he's get, get he used to just make the pizzas. Now he, uh, you know, makes deals happen. Wow. Yeah, he's down in Florida. But, I mean, he is in his chair still uh, because, you know, he stood up and Richie <laughs> bro uh, uh, broke him down and then, what, put it in reverse, whatever Richie's line yep. was. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but it is nice to see Beansy, uh, Beansy again. Um, but I guess we don't see him yet. They just mention him here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this does bring us to uh, the dinner scene uh, where we get to see just a great uh, introduction of uh, AJ uh, and his relationship with the kid. Is it Bobby Jr.? Or yeah. What's his name? Yeah, Bobby yeah. Jr., and just like him making jokes and like in this way where you're like a cool older teen, but you're like, he would not be acting this way if he didn't have an audience. So he still enjoys it and makes these jokes about, I like rice. Maybe I'm Chinese, etc. <laughs> and it's like hilarious to this kid. <laughs> yeah. And AJ's like the coolest guy. And I, I think about this at all this episode, I'm thinking about him chasing that fly and I'm like, wow, AJ, you've really grown into a, a fantastic young man, really with your pranks and your goofs and your racist jokes. You're the best. Yeah. He's come a long way. And uh, yeah, because he's he's complaining about you know having to hang out with Bobby Jr. and stuff, but you're right, like he he's enjoying it, and it makes sense. He's the the little kid would kind of look up to him as this cool, yeah, like older teenager. Um, and no, and even Bobby Jr. starts doing the Chinese eyes, I believe, when he mentions the race thing, and then he yeah. even starts talking back too because it's like, oh, okay, this AJ wouldn't like just let someone tell him to eat his food or whatever. I'm going to make comments back to um, uh, Janice as well. Yeah, but Bobby knows how to handle it. He just goes, how'd you like it if uh, Oriental kids were making fun of you, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. Which is a great comment in today's society. It's uh, actually probably nothing wrong with it in 2002, I guess. Uh, they, oh, well, actually, I miss. I guess I even missed that. Does he say Oriental kids? Yes. Okay, yeah. No, they know what they're doing there. That's funny. 
I, I, I missed that. I missed that. That's fun. That's a funny oh, I joke. I love that line. It's right before uh, Devin arrives. Okay. Um, so yes, she shows up, and then they're talking. Like Carmela's parents are talking about something. I have no idea. Uh, someone getting recessed lighting. It's someone <laughs> who knows. I have no idea, Jim. Um, and then the phone calls, and they have to talk a little bit of business there, or Tony does. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, because he gets word back from Beansy about uh, having a sit-down with little Carmine, so Tony's going to go down to Miami. Uh, then what? Car- Carmela finds uh, Bobby Jr. and Sophia just kind of sitting on the couch, brings them up to AJ. And it, it's nice. It's fun to see the angle. Like, we usually see, like, in teen shows or whatever, like, where the kids are making out and then the parents come in and we see them have to rush away. But now we see it from yeah. the parents' point of view of, like, clearly he's just getting into the seat by the computer and she's like picks up a magazine real fast yeah. uh and you know because uh aj plays it perfectly he's like okay yeah no i'm not gonna i, I won't have a night with Devin, but i'll just invite her over because carmela's not gonna blow up in front of everyone like once everyone's sitting down for dinner i'll just kind of box her in and have my girlfriend show up anyways so yeah. uh carmela gets her little revenge by makes making him hang out with the, the with the kids Yes, and I feel like this is, in a way, Carmilla trying to help based on, you know, Janice's input there of, they need a good role model, I'll <laughs> use my son. Yeah, yeah. Great thinking, Carmilla. this will work out. So, of course, I, I mean, this is just a hilarious cut to me when they're like, oh, yeah, pick up, pick out a game or whatever, and I, I don't remember the line exactly before, but just cutting to them doing the Ouija board uh, because it's so fun uh, with <laughs> everything going on in the first part of the episode where you know it's not going to go great. Yeah. And at first, it's just harmless fun, and I appreciate, uh, I think, Devin cutting in, like, it's usually not people you know. Like, it's such a morbid thing, but they kind of make it a fun thing and like... Uh, whoever points out Bobby Jr. says like ah eh, come on we have this at home and then AJ's like well I gotta raise the stakes then or I'm not the cool older teen anymore yeah yeah because Devin kind of gives him almost a way out and yeah like because she's realizing because they're like is it our mom and yeah she's trying to kind of play it down but then AJ's idea is like well, let's just have a seance <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get on some Sabrina the yeah. teenage witch shit right now um, and they do they light a candle and uh, sit around with her hands together and AJ has props so yeah. like clearly he's thought this out <laughs> ready it, at least he like AJ still like it's kind of a dick move but at least he's not like pretending to be their mom he's just a, a scary sea captain so in a way it's kind of you know funny yeah yeah they, he doesn't go the full like dickish route uh, and but he does yeah he <laughs> he tricks them by yeah, squeezing the sponge on him, and then a big ruckus breaks out. The lights go out. Everyone's kind of storming around in the dark, and then the parents bust in, and you get to find out that uh, AJ is having a seance with these poor kids who lost their mom not too long ago. Yeah, I guess it's. I was trying to find exactly what, like him, him squeezing the sponge on on Bobby. I just paused it for a bit because I was like, I wonder what's gonna happen next. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. This and then, yeah, it just the table gets kicked over, and AJ has enough presence to mind to go like, ah, oh, they're gonna kill me <laughs> because because it's so loud and everyone comes in, and yeah, he uh, gets uh, appropriately chastised. And uh, I mean, even even Bobby though is like ah, just kids being kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, kind of in, intercut with that, we do have a quick thing with Tony and Silvio talking on the phone, where they do start mentioning that they're suspecting Polly, and 
they're like, well, you clammed up around Polly. It's like, well, yeah, you did too. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Polly's the guy, uh, which makes sense. People start, as we saw, Ralphie was starting to put it together. Now Tony and Silvio are starting to put it together. Uh, mm-hmm. Then from there we get after the seance ruckus, the appraisers now getting chased down by Tony's guys, um, yeah. and you know, kind of he, he's like, "Well, I already got hurt by New- the New York Carmine's guys are going to hurt me," and it's like, "Well, yeah, we're going to hurt you." So <laughs> it's not real. And he, it's not like him. he went over and started appraising for Carmine's guys. Mm-hmm. He just tried to hide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you think we didn't we weren't going to find you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Scene with Bobby and Janice. Uh, they've gone to see a movie, apparently. And you got to give it to Janice. She's putting in a lot of work on this guy, I guess. Uh, you know, relationship-wise. Going to see movies, taking care of your kids and all that. But then again, she is Janice. Um, but yes, she does bring up now that it's uh, it's not great. It's never-ending, this stuff. And I saw that mud on your feet. And uh, I mean, all of that is kind of like, oh, Janice, you're just being Janice. And then like... I'm never going to pay for that funeral. He put 15 pounds extra on Karen when they did her up. So I'm never going to pay for the funeral. Yeah. It's like, okay, that part doesn't seem super healthy. Yeah. And plus, thinking back to the scene when he's burying the cake, he does say, like, I'd be with you if it wasn't for the kids. So he's really just thinking about how he wants to die as well. And as she brings up, as she mentions, it's morbid clinging. Um, and yeah, she's tying it to what's going on with the kids and how they had a seance. So like, it did kind of work out like AJ, what AJ did like worked out perfect for Janice, at least like it kind of ties in really well for her. She should have been making plans with him instead of, uh, Carmilla. And then they tell each other to shut the fuck up, which is, uh, it's interesting because these characters are two of the characters who've been like the nicest to each other through the whole thing uh and here they both have like legitimate points of view i mean she goes like uh he's like uh she's my wife she's like yeah but she's dead and i'm here and then they tell each other to shut the fuck up yep and then we have what svetlana calls tony he gave her what a diamond brooch and he's already prepared for the like uh oh you know you gotta keep it like uh be an insult not to keep and she's like oh of course of course i'll keep this you know like (laughs) it's diamond (laughs) yeah now look jim um so i recognize this brooch and i'm like okay so um he was recycling it because i was like i don't remember who he gave this brooch to but they tried to give it back was it gloria or no valentina i've i don't know at this point um i thought i was like Yep, well, I was just going to say, I didn't recognize it, honestly, but I, I guess I didn't get a good look at it. I recognized the brooch to the point that I was like, that's clearly a horseshoe. And Oh, was uh, it the horseshoe the- one? <laughs> It's the same design, okay. but then I'm like, then I'm like, am I stupid for originally thinking it was a horseshoe? Is it just a brooch? Because then later in the episode, he's like, I get this brooch for everyone I break up with, and I'm like, you got horseshoe brooches <laughs> before Pyomai? What does this mean? Am I an idiot, or is Tony, or have horses always been part of his subconscious? Can we sort of interpret this dream? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, or maybe it's just he goes the diamond brooch. A route, but ever since Pyomai, it's been going with the horseshoe. Yeah, and again, I can never Google anything about the Sopranos. Yeah, be like careful. Brooch, and it's going to be someone with a brooch stuck in their neck, and I'm like, fucking hell. Um, so I don't know, but I definitely recognize the design. I was like, that's clearly the horseshoe. He definitely gave the horseshoe to Valentina, and then she gave... Okay, you're right. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up for some reason. I some Sometimes I am looking down writing my notes real quick, so I must have missed that quick shot. But mm. she did give it back to him, but then they got back yeah. together. So I guess he is recycling that particular one. But... 
maybe the more of the point is it's not always a horseshoe, but he just gives his diamond brooch is like his like uh, his, you know, get out of here. Even though Tony clearly is the one that doesn't want her to go or it's, it's mostly because it's like she's playing hard to get uh, or yeah. because he can't have her type of deal. Yeah, that's uh, the next scene with yeah. uh, with Melfi there talking about like, oh, I broke it off with this uh, this woman. And I was kind of like, this is bullshit, Tony. Like, <laughs> why are you even saying this if it's not true? And then he does eventually uh, say like, you know what? This is bullshit. Uh, she broke up with me. Because I'm, uh, I'm a wreck. I'm uh, an American. I'm not happy, even though I, you know, have everything in the world and everything that Svetlana said, basically. And then, she, like, he's like, I don't need therapy. I do Freudian slips where I say I cut off her leg. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say. What- <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. He's like, wait, did I say cut off the leg? I mean, I broke it off or whatever. Broke off her leg. She gave me walking papers. Like, there are so many weird little dumb leg things that he's saying here. <laughs> yeah, and he does. Uh, Okay, he says, uh, I bought her the, it's this diamond pin that I send to every woman when I'm dot, dot, dot. Uh, that's what he says. And I'm like, hmm. okay. So I guess, so, yeah, the implication is he always is going with the horseshoe, even before Pyomai. But it could be a new habit he's yeah. describing. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to do this from now on with every woman. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes. Is this the big scene, the big therapy scene? Yes. I this so. this comes down to finally where he just says, "I don't want to do this anymore," and and yeah. this was the question I had, and I kind of I I feel like you are on some of the comments you've made. You're on the same page as me. Is that this is it's not like he's not angry storming out, but this is a storm out because the the therapy I don't think is even over. I don't think the session's over. Yeah. No. Absolutely. For me, it definitely counts because it's. Uh, it's the walkout to end walkouts as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't think there's never going to be therapy in the show again, but I also feel like the writers are bored with therapy and have been for like at least a season. So they're kind of like, oh, we're just keeping this thing alive just to do it. Let's just end the therapy and see what happens. (laughs) Um, so it's definitely a storm out. Um, but just leave it leading up to it. He does say in the previous scene, like, I think he he does the timeout sign, you know, it's like, come on, we've been doing this so long. Where are we even going here? Just like that car in the dream. Um, and he sort of repeats all of that here. And she actually, like this, I don't really remember it until the end of the scene where we get the clip from the beginning. But then it's like, oh yeah, Melfi wasn't doing too great when uh, she wasn't being his therapist either, right? So yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Because especially one of the major reasons she clung to it is that, you know, with what happened to her with her rape and then it felt safe that Tony was around and that he was this option, like this, uh, Rottweiler, I think it was in her dream. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because I mean, I I can't really think of much at all this season of seeing Melfi outside of therapy. Whereas in Mm -hmm. the previous season, we at least dropped in with her in her regular life. Um, so it was, I I mean, I, I got to give uh, credit to Lorraine Bracco because it's interesting to see in the next scene when Tony's not there, she seems like a completely different person. Because, I mean, I guess now she's yeah. calling her therapist and, like, her voice is different. Uh, it, she doesn't have that same, like, uh, you know, like, resolve in her face and, like, this kind of, like, oh, we're going to handle everything. Now it's like she's a regular person. Yeah, and Tony's frustration is something that... I've seen expressed by so many people, like everyone from 
you know, Woody Allen films, old Woody Allen films, where he's like, oh, my therapist, I've been going for 18 years and nothing ever happens. And like, it's it's a thing he's expressing of, of like, well, now what? I'm like not panicking and blacking out. Now what good are you? And nothing's happening. I'm still not happy. And it's like, Melfi kind of has to go, well, the point isn't that you're going to be happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of. Um, but she does say now that the sort of baseline depression is dealt with, now we can really get started in figuring out what you want and where you want to go and all of this. And this is where I'm like, psychoanalysis is really behind as far as methods for improving your life. But okay, Melfi. <laughs> okay. Um, there are other, uh, like he should see a different therapist maybe, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> he storms out. Yes. Put it on the counter. Let's add it up here. Storm out. Oh, did my fuck, fuck you? you. <laughs> yeah. There it goes. Yeah, there fuck goes. you. Um, yes. Yeah, so for everyone counting at home, we are at thirteen storm outs now. We were at twelve and thirty-six uh, murders. <laughs> That's not the right word. Some of them weren't murders, but yeah. you know, deaths, deaths um, of of major characters, including Piomai. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yes, he just says adios and uh, gets out of there. That's a good. It's a good walkout as well because you know it does show he's changed. He's not flipping the tables. In fact, the more angry he has, the more he's flipping tables. The more he seems likely to come back. Uh, now he's just bored with the whole thing. So that's kind of what he's doing there. And he does. He kisses her on the cheek because uh, mm-hmm. it's like first he's like, "What do we do now? Is it like a handshake?" She puts her hand out to shake it, and he go- kind of goes in, gives her a kiss on the cheek. Um, which shows, you know, there's still that there's there's a deeper connection there. They're not quite family. They're not lovers. I'm not saying that way, but you know, hey, they they went through stuff together. Uh, yeah. So here we are. Especially her. Mm-hmm. Um. So the next scene, Janice. Uh, this is where her inner Janice comes out, and uh, she's like, "I'm gonna fuck with Bobby's <laughs> kids real quick," because uh, she, she's bringing up this chat program, buddy list setup. Um. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And she starts AOL. like type, it's, it's AOL. Yeah, mes- it? yeah it's a, it's old AOL. Like not even messenger, okay. like actual right. just like AOL. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she's typing in like power bottom. <laughs> I'm like, it's definitely going to be power bottom. She's looking for a new guy who's going to give her, give her what she got from, uh, you know, her ex and, mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. And she doesn't need Bobby. And then it's like, no, that's just uh, Bobby Jr.'s uh, screen name. What is his screen name, actually? Let me let me see if I can pull it Power up. Power Bob. Oh, Power Bob. Okay. That's why she's slowly typing in Power Bob, and I was literally like, she's definitely putting Power Bottom. I don't know why. I don't know where the scene is going, but it's Power Bob 386. And then she's like Vlad 666 or something like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's playing Max Payne in windowed mode like you do. Why would you play it uh, full screen so the chat can pop up? <laughs> um and yeah, just uh, tells him to go to the den, and you know, yeah, she has six 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 in the screen name, so uh, um, you know, she's the devil. And he asks, "Who are you? What does she put? Um, oh, something about ocean spray or windy breeze? It's rising, damp. rising damp. Yeah, is that the sea captain? I, I I guess. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. tied to the seance. Mm. So, uh, yeah, again, we're reminded that they live right next to each other uh, from now on because uh, she has the binoculars watching him grab the Ouija board. Um, yeah, good move, Janice, I guess. Yes, yeah. So, and, and uh, the I like that we just kind of get the shots of them finding the Ouija board and then her, wa- like, she's just watching and then we don't need to see the incident. It's just, 
you know, she, uh, Janice gets a call from Bobby and, mm-hmm. you know, he's starting to come around because he's blaming himself uh, with his morbid clinging that it's having an effect on his kids. Yes. Um, so next we're in Miami because Tony flies down. Um, and we get to see Beansy. Now, in the earlier phone conversation, he's getting a massage, so uh, it's kind of a reveal that he's in this yeah. chair, though I'm, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's who Beansy is. <laughs> it's been a little while. Um, but, yeah, he seems in good spirits. He's uh, wearing cool gloves, rolling along, got girls all over him. I guess this is his new life. Did he get, like, uh, like insurance money or something? I don't remember. I guess, and then, I mean, Tony oh, gave him an envelope. Sorry to cut you off. So Richie gave him money, right? Or was it Tony? I remember Tony gave him an envelope because Beansy tried to not take it. Uh, and it was like 50 grand or something like that. And it was the whole thing that Tony just needed to give it to him so he could feel good. And he got like annoyed at yeah. first that Beansy wasn't going to yeah. take it. Um, so, yeah, I guess a little of that. He put the money to good use. Now he's living it up in Miami. Meanwhile, Junior's at his trial. And it looks like the... Uh, the scam's not going to quite work as the judges and buying it. Oh, they, yeah, they decline his uh, competence defense that he's not competent for trial. Yeah, uh, and then he just storms out and says fuck. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't storm out, storm out. That's true. Um, yeah, but he during that scene he does look kind of like he doesn't know what they're talking about. But maybe it's just you know uh, like what the fuck is happening? Uh, but it's really feels like he could have shaving foam on his head still. Like, uh, what's happening? Cause it, right as they're saying this, it's so funny because obviously he has been faking it, but we also know there's some truth to it as well. Yeah. So it's really, really bad timing for junior. <laughs> Um, and, and uh, you know, Bobby says they're going to get to a juror. That was also mentioned earlier. Oh, and that's I'm like, right. Oh yeah. They're mobsters. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah, it, we did mention that Bobby calls Janice, but she is waiting by the phone smoking weed because she knows the call's coming. Um, and then she goes over, and it, it's ni- it's a nice mirror of the earlier scene where she brings out the ZD because she does kind of the same thing where it's just the old, like, like uh, oh, you know, let me, let, let's, let me fix you something. We must have something here in the fridge. And it's kind of like she's doing the fake look, like, oh, I'm, I'm starving too. There's got to be something in here. And then we get the... She did smoke weed, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we get the infamous ZD pulled from the freezer. And, and again, like, I don't know how long it's been, but I guess can you just freeze ZD for, like, four months if it's been that long? I, I mean, I suppose you could. It's frozen, right? Jim, do you not own a freezer? Because I swear <laughs> I find stuff and I'm like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but I just... I don't know if I'd be like, this is fine. I'd probably be like, all right, I gotta throw this away. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, uh, different strokes for different folks, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Swedish freezers are colder. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, when did she die? It, w- it would have been last season sometime? Or no, it, it was this, this season, season, but it was oh, like... It's fine. Just eat it. It's fine. <laughs> it's It's been at least like five or six episodes, I'd say. I Yeah, no, it's fine. You can eat it. Um, I ate stuff that's been in the fridge that long, Jim. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is. Um, I mean, it's it's weird because, like, we know her manipulations are behind this as well. Uh, but it's all and I don't think it's going to be great for him when they're eventually inevitably together. But um, in a way, it's also healthy. So I don't know. It's good, I guess. It's a, it's a really nice scene. It's really kind of moving when she's holding the ziti for what feels like five minutes, mm-hmm. and we see his face like finally like, all right, let's eat the ziti. 
Yeah, and then we cut back to it after, um, like, we'll get to the other scenes, but then it kind of cuts back. There's just kind of like a dialogue free, but they got the candles lit, and they got some wine, and it is this, like, uh, I guess this big letting go moment for Bobby. And Janice is eating the ziti. Oh, my God. (laughs) What does this mean? So many levels. (laughs) So layered. I mean, she's eating Karen and t- absorbing her power, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's absorbing her... She's going to be able to make that ZD exact. Yeah. She's got that good yeah. of a palate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, we're down in Miami again. Um, the girls are talking about what it's like wearing the Mickey outfit at <laughs> Disneyland or whatever. I'm not sure. Uh, but they get shooed off by Beansy, yeah, so business can be discussed. Yes, yeah. And then we see... Um, Little Carmine, and uh, he's, like, saying things wrong. Because um, what does he say? Like, Versailles? Uh, yes, Versailles. <laughs> I have a note on Versailles. So, and even looking it up in the Wikipedia, it's like, yeah, this is actually uh, Henry VIII, you know, in England, not uh, France, uh, he's talking about. So, uh, but, yeah, he's uh, essentially saying, like, um, let's calm this down. Because for me, it's like, I don't know what power this guy has or exactly what's he gonna do is does tony want to make this guy the boss or just get rid of johnny sack or what's going on here what's your take on it taking out your you know forward knowledge uh my take on it's just he it's just kind of um because it used to be that he would talk to johnny about this stuff but Mm -hmm. since he doesn't like johnny was like his go-to and they had a much more friendlier rapport and it feels like they could come up with a compromise a lot easier uh, it's not as easy to go to Johnny now, so this is just kind of another in to get someone into Carmine's ear. Uh, you know, so he's not just kind of getting taken advantage of. Because it, it's hard to... I don't really know what to read on if, like, Tony's being ridiculous. or if, I, I guess it feels like New York's being ridiculous. Because it's yeah. a separate thing that they want a piece of for no, like, no real work. Um, not that any of these guys are doing work, but you know what I mean. So yeah. it does seem like Tony Tony's being a little bit reasonable, and obviously his five five and a half is a real low ball to get it maybe around ten or twelve or something. Uh, mm-hmm. but yes, between even though Carmine earlier this season was almost giving the go ahead to get rid of Johnny, but now it's like Johnny's in Carmine's ear, kind of I guess poisoning his thoughts on Jersey. So this is just kind of a nice way to try to like I don't think Tony doesn't want to have this big war and this is maybe just potential for an easier compromise. Yeah, but then like who's he going to blame for uh the whole death situation then? Uh how how are we dealing with Ralphie then? Cuz that was I almost yeah. felt like he was going to go to war just to cover that up. Yeah. Um but then now he's just like, "Oh, we got to de-escalate the situation." Uh I'm going to let Johnny Sack know we talked and, you know, he shouldn't feel blindsided with respectful around. Let's get it up to 10%. I'm like, okay, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, that would obviously be better. Maybe he's cooled down a bit and, you know, there's always witness protection. Ralphie sounds like the kind of guy who would go into witness protection, right? Yeah, I think the the uh, ultimate, like, goal with that is kind of going back to what Tony said, like, we got to get rid of the body. If there's no body, then it leaves it open. And then as long as, I mean, he can't lose face by not going to war with them, but he could still use them as like, hmm, but did they do something? I mean, like he even said, like, we, we need evidence before we can make a move, but True. I got to feel like they're the ones behind it. So he's kind of trying to play it all, all, like all sides. 
True that. So next scene. Uh, again, they don't hide the fact that it's a dream. It's shot all choppy and so on. Um, with a weird, I guess, shutter speed or whatever. That's what it feels like, making yeah. it all like stuttery. Um, and uh, Tony's a stonemason. Uh, yeah. I guess inspired. It's kind of a Miami type setting, which is what happens when you have dreams and you start like you travel somewhere and and you you have a weird dream that you're there all of a sudden. And he goes up to this house. He's, he wants to do some stonemasonry, and uh, a woman comes down the stairs. This is so eerie yeah. and like well put together. This dream is so much more uh, effective than the other one. Absolutely, although it builds on the other one, but it's like. That's death, right? He's looking at death and his mother. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. Like, uh, and yeah, the way it's shot and the like, the way it kind of like slowly builds up. And yeah, I'm kind of like peeking at it now. The door kind of opens on its own. Like, he's still got the screen door, but like the main door opens on yeah. its own, and it's it's so clearly uh, Livia, uh, but obviously in shadow. And and even the way that's shot, there's so like just the light from the top of the stairs. Um, and then what he, he wakes up when he goes in, uh, yeah. like, or he starts to go in and, and he's, he's even being led by Ralphie. Uh, there is a quick yeah. shot of like a woman's leg in the car. And I guess you could assume that's Gloria. Uh, mm. it doesn't really show who it is like as he's leading up to the, the house. But yeah, that, that shot of her on the stairs, it's like so dark most of the shot and she's like pitch black and it's actually like scary and they mm. do this, they don't have like ominous music it's just like the sound of the uh of the bugs outside basically and the silence is what makes it super eerie um and yeah like you said he goes into what i feel is the house of death Mm -hmm. and uh and uh i mean it's not the same but the layout isn't it kind of similar to his mother's house where there's some stairs there on the left when you come in or am i imagining things no no yeah i think you're right because when you walk into olivia's house yeah the stairs are yeah right to the left of the entrance yeah so uh good scene he wakes up and goes yeah i definitely don't need therapy (laughs) and goes out for a nice uh, breath of fresh air there on his uh, hotel uh, balcony well it's interesting like i I don't know what to read from the red light in his bathroom because i don't feel like that's a regular thing um i mean i guess some places have lights like that so if you get up in the middle of the night it's not as like awakening as like a bright regular light but i thought it was just a strange like hellish uh type choice there because before he opens the blinds and he's in the bathroom at first and i I assume it's like partially you know he wakes up in a wakes up in like a sweat i mean i guess from his dream but i don't know if maybe it's because it's the miami heat but then again you're in a hotel i assume there's ac uh but he does have to kind of get outside in the fresh air and it's like a glaring um like like opposite basically because now it's just like the sunny beach and you know the 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 green water see right through the ground everything's you know paradise basically basically yeah and the color correction on that when he comes out is also it's like it's a little blue tinted in the way that you know if you close your eyes for a long time outside and you open them up and your natural color correction shuts off and everything's (laughs) blue and maybe this just happens to me and i'm crazy um but uh, it's a little bit of that. And then the Beach Boys play. Yeah. I also don't know what the red light uh, means in this case. I mean, at first I was just like, yeah, he's clearly in like the honeymoon suite or whatever. But uh, <laughs> why would they have it in the bathroom? Um, so I, I don't know story-wise what it would be other than to just 
enhance the intense dread that he feels from this dream, you know? Because if he just went outside, it'd be kind of like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, yeah. But it has to be like, he has to sit in the moment for a bit, and we don't want to have the scene where he's like, <gasps> in bed. Yeah. You know, kind of talking through it, I feel like, I mean, with his, with his dream being so about death and then kind of almost as he like steps into death, he wakes up. Then the kind of the opposites between the red bathroom is almost like hell. And then he does walk out to literal paradise. I feel like there's some heaven and hell stuff going on there. And he's like in the middle, yeah. his room's in the middle. So I don't know. That's what I, that's my take. And I'm sticking to it. I like it. What's your take? Yeah. Email it in to shows what you know show at gmail.com. I know, smooth. <laughs> or uh, you can always leave a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. We really do appreciate it. And of course, tell a friend who's into The Sopranos or tell a friend who's going to be into The Sopranos because we have an episode for every episode and they're going to love it. Just come along the journey. It's never too late to start. And if you get someone started right now, they get to binge through this shit. It's not like yeah. you and me, Jim. We got to yeah. go slow. It's yeah. been a year. It's literally been a year since we started. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I mean, what a journey and then we still got well i guess less than a year but like hey we've got about a year to go and then we'll we'll see where we end up we'll see where it cuts the black <laughs>